Ogumbawale for the win. You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Hello and welcome to Locked On Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard McDowell. Reminding you, you can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnWBB. I'm very excited. You know, when I started the show, it was just me. We were able to expand, and we are now five days a week, whether it's Erica Ayala or the great Lindsay Gibbs. Make sure you listen in every single day. And this show is brought to you by Built Go. Built Go is an energy packages of 1.5 ounces. It's, I'm told, easy to take in a briefcase. I, of course, live in my house and don't venture outside, so it provides me energy to go up and down the stairs. That's the traveling I'm doing right now, but I'm looking forward to the great after. And Brenda Fries, who's here, the head coach of University of Maryland, your namesake is one of the reasons why. I'm excited to cover your team in person, but I still have yet to eat peanut butter freeze ice cream at the Xfinity Center. So, Brenda, thanks for joining me. Tell me, how much am I missing? Oh, my goodness. I can't believe, uh, you know, uh, my, my son, of course, he's not biased, says it's the best ice cream that uh, you, you could ever eat. Sure. Uh, you know, all the low-fat ingredients of chocolate, <laughs> peanut butter, Reese's peanut pieces, uh, peanut butter cups inside. So, uh yeah, man, it's it's a chocolate peanut butter uh, overload if you like those ingredients. I, I do, and I just want to let the record show that people who are unrelated to you have also said that it is the best of the ice creams available at the Xfinity Center. So I, I am very much looking forward to it. I think that is my number one or 1A on the list of things I'm excited to do after COVID. Uh, what's yours? What is your number one when this is all over? When we return to normal, what's the thing you're most excited about doing? Oh, my goodness. Well, I mean, uh, uh, my highlight will be to see my mom and dad in person in their home. Mm. You know, I have uh, aging parents that are 88 and 81. So we've spent a lot of time on Zoom calls and over the Internet, which, thank goodness, we, we still have that face-to-face over the Internet to be able to see each other. But um, the relationship piece, you know, obviously, uh, you know, savoring, you know, the moments when you can really spend time with those that you care about and, and inside and face to face and being able to give them hugs. Right. You know, it's, yeah. uh, you know, very strange when, uh, you know, uh, you, you can't give a, a hug to someone that you really care about. Well, that that's fair. I, I just loved ones probably should take precedent over ice cream. So I, your, your answer is a good one as well. But. <laughs> no question. But in the meantime, we have a lot of exciting things to talk about, which is this this 2021 uh, Maryland Terrapins team is really interesting to me. And so just bigger picture, I tend to think of Maryland as the State University of New Jersey South because you recruit so many of the top players from New Jersey. It seems like with Diamond Miller and Faith Masonis, you have a real set of anchors out of my home state. I'm coming to you from North Jersey. And I'm wondering how much bigger their roles are going to be on what is, you know, a dramatically overhauled roster in some fundamental ways. Oh, no question. I mean, uh, you know, you always see that biggest jump typically from their freshman to, to their sophomore year. And uh, I mean, it has been massive to be able to see the jump in those two. And, 
you know, you talk about Diamond Miller, uh, you know, last year she was kind of coming in late behind uh, USA Basketball and was the last one to get on comp- uh, get on campus. Um, so it took her a little time to, to get in a rhythm. But this year, I mean, she is at a whole different level of wanting to make huge plays. She's so much stronger. Her threes are even deeper. She's able to get to the rim and finish with contact. Um She's just playing at, you know, an all-American level, which has been really impressive to see. Um, and then for Faith, I think it's it's been fun. She's always been that high-motor, high-IQ, coach's daughter type of kid that makes, the you know, great plays. But um, for her, it's kind of watching her kind of slow down her game, um, making the right reads, you know, finishing at the rim. She's also got the, got the range that, that she can extend out. So, um, you know, and, and impressive to be able to see just, you know, how much she's improved as well. When you think about Diamond's offensive capabilities, and you're right, we saw that especially over the last 10 games of the season where she found it seemed like another gear, I think was the way you put it when we last talked yep. about it. Does she seem to you like somebody who's ready to shoulder being a number one or number one type option for you offensively? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> You know, the backcourt of her and Ashley uh, right now is at a level uh, that kind of reminds me of kind of the tandem of Christy Tolliver and Marissa Coleman, to be mm-hmm. quite honest. Um, when you see that uh, dynamic and that relationship and just what those two, um, you know, have put themselves in the position. And you talk about, I mean, really, um, Ashley Diamond and Faith, I mean, when you look at that Big Ten tournament, we were so excited as a staff to see what they were going to do in postseason in the NCAAs because uh, those three were really coming into their own. So, um, you know, that, that sophomore class we're really excited about. And, you know, the fact that the NCAA just granted an additional year. So, I mean, can you imagine if uh, they choose to stay for the next four years, what that's going to look like in mm-hmm. their careers? So. Um, you know, it's it's pretty impressive to, to be able to see. It's it's worth highlighting Ashley specifically from a numerical point of view because freshman point guards, and obviously you are no stranger to freshman point guards, is something I, I always enjoy about the program. That you bring people in, you don't treat freshmen like freshmen, you let them play right away, and they succeed early with you. And Ashley's numbers as a point guard were striking you know to be at a 32.3 assist percentage that was 46 in the country last year not among freshmen among everyone in the country so right away her ability to find people was significant but what often comes along with that especially early on is a decision making that leads to elevated turnovers well her turnover percentage was 17.3 percent so this was somebody who was putting up the type of decisions as a one that you typically expect from an upperclassman. And and we saw that especially when we got to the Big Ten tournament and she had double-digit assists in two of the three games, if memory serves. So when you think about what the next step for her is when she's coming in with that kind of baseline, where does her game need to go here in year two? Well, I, I think that level of consistency that she finished the season with, you know, the last 10 games is who she is. And, uh, you know, I really think, I mean, and that's how she's kind of approached coming into her sophomore year. I mean, you're just seeing a different level of confidence. Um, the game is slowed down for her. So, you know, she really just knows how to make the right plays. I think she had to figure out, like, 
you know, when, when to get to the rim, when to pull up and when to make that, uh, you know, great assist for a teammate. And I mean, she's a full package. And I think, you know, that that's the exciting thing is that um, she's really kind of just in this great place of uh, commanding the game and knowing the right plays uh, to make for herself and, and for her teammates. So you have a lot of interesting options in the backcourt, and I would be remiss not to talk about Katie Benson, who is your grad transfer coming over from Harvard. Katie was, in a lot of ways, capable of being the one or the two at Harvard. I, I think her junior year, she shot 45% from three, but obviously could handle playmaking abilities as well. Where do you see her, and do you see a lot of uh, potentially putting uh, – Ashley on the one and letting Katie operate off the ball, or is it more of a starter backup scenario in your mind? No, I think um, the two of them are so versatile and the way we run our transition and offense. I mean, you can have two dynamic point guards on the floor uh, that are high level passers, scorers, you know, play the game the right way. Uh, you know, what, what a blessing. And, you know, Katie has been exactly that. Um, super versatile between those two positions and, you know, knock down three point shooter, um, but then just makes great plays for her teammates. And, you know, she's come in with like a really high motor uh, kid. Again, that's always in the gym, getting shots up, uh, you know, and uh, you know, she's going to be fun to, to, to be able to see play and uh, you know, to, to be able to have this, this opportunity really to, to have two years, you know, to, to be able to play in a, in a Maryland uniform. I mean, you talk about the fact that both of them are capable of handling point guard at any, at any time and you have them both on the floor. I guess I wonder whether you just think philosophically in a different way about the point guard position. There are a lot of schools that are succeeding with this. And obviously at the WNBA level, you see it as well with essentially a two-point guard set, you know, whether you think about what Oregon did uh, with Sabrina uh, and pairing her with second-point guards in a number of different ways, or even just right down the road what the Mystics did uh, with Christy uh, operating next to Natasha Cloud. Is that where offense has gotten to, uh, you know, as in, in a different way uh, for the top basketball offenses in, in the country and, and really uh, as a whole? Yeah, I, I think when you can, uh, you know, the game has gotten a lot more versatile. And so when when your players can be versatile and, you know, play multiple positions and slide around, um, and you don't just kind of pigeonhole them in, in one specific position, um, you're able to, you know, so many different things can happen within the game, you're able to play through that. And I think, you know, obviously we've been able to do that even defensively now with, with our versatility defensively. So, um, you know, again, you know, I think it's uh, incredibly, uh, you know, wise if you have two point guards with the, the IQ uh, that we have and the ability uh, and talent to make plays. I mean, you want to put your five best players, you know, out on the court. The versatility you're talking about is clearly evident in your front court as well. And so there's a, a few people we should be talking about relative to that before you know we discuss sort of how they come together. Uh, the first one is, is your freshman Angel Reese, who just people rave about, who had the opportunity uh, to watch her play. It's something I'm I'm really looking forward to. But Angel again represents that new kind of wing, somebody who seems able to handle inside outside for you as well. 
how advanced is she and what can she do for you here in year one? Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> I can't say enough about the, the impact she's already made. And, you know, I've been really fortunate to, to, you know, uh, coach a lot of phenomenal players and know what it looks like when they come in as a freshman and the, the best of the best. And, um, I knew how talented Angel was. I knew how kind of edgy she was. Uh, didn't realize um, the kind of confidence that she was going to infuse on her teammates. Mm -hmm. And from day one, she has come in with a mentality that she will not lose. And then she brings everybody up with the confidence she has for them in making plays. And that's rare as a, as a freshman, right? You're trying to navigate yourself. And, sure. Um, she's going to be special, you know, just, uh, and she does it in uncanny ways of, you know, on the offensive end, um, knows how to, you know, she's stronger than I realize positions her body in certain ways. She has a scoop shot that is unguardable. Like she has some uncanny ways that she plays, uh, but it's really effective. And, uh, and her offensive rebounding is uh, relentless. You know, it, it's been uh, really impressive to, to see the the motor and the impact that she's come in with from, from day one. And, and the O-boards are obviously something that you always emphasize and something that your program is known for. But you have some significant size um, essentially at every position. If you look at Angel and you look at bringing in someone like Mimi Collins, is that is that the idea? You have... Players like Angel, players like Mimi, you know, even Diamond Miller is, is obviously big relative to the players that typically defend her. Are you just looking to mismatch people to death? <laughs> uh, you know, it's nice when it works out that way. I mean, obviously, uh, we we have tremendous size and length again, uh, which, which is awesome. Um, you know, but, you know, I mean, to be able to have Mimi come back home and, you know, have that year under belt from Tennessee and, um, she's really used the year to, you know, be prepared and, you know, she's a rugged, um, she's a banger. She can face up and, and shoot from 15 feet. She's, uh, you know, uh, runs really hard in transition. So, um, yeah, it's going to, it's going to be fun to, to be able to see the different options that, that we have to be able to put out on the floor. Now, speaking of options, obviously Chloe Bibby came over as a transfer from Mississippi state. Do you have any word on whether that's uh, going to be something where Chloe's available right away? You know, we're we're hoping. Um, obviously, with the new rule that came out for an additional year for everyone, we're hoping that uh, we're able to to have the waiver uh, go through. Uh, but you know, we're we're waiting to to see you know uh, the response from. I know, it. I know they are opaque. It's it's very much like the Zoltar machine. Uh, from the movie Big when it comes to figuring out exactly what the NCAA provides. But I, I, I it does seem like more waivers are being granted this year. So it, it will be interesting. I, I guess I wonder as a coach whether you think it is easier to integrate people when there's a year uh, delay or if you prefer it where you get somebody right away but maybe you have to get them involved in your offensive defensive schemes without that year of practicing you know what what ends up being an easier thing for you to manage as a coach um you know, it's a great question you know I, I think i mean we're as coaches we're used to you know um anytime you know i mean we we don't need a delay in the sense of like 
you know, coaching and getting players up to speed as quickly as possible that their learning curve will allow. Um, but, you know, then if there's a delay, we're going to use that time to, to help them improve uh, for their moment when, when it comes ready. I, I will just use this as a plea to the NCAA again. These decisions have to be made more quickly and more universally. It just, just the yeah. idea. I, I mean, I remember talking to Jessica Shepard about this when she got that waiver at Notre Dame, and she's hearing about it the night before their first game of the season. I mean, it, it's just, it's right. not fair to players, right. it's not fair to coaches. I, you don't have to make that plea. I'll make that plea on behalf of you and coaches and players everywhere. Well, so we appreciate it. My pleasure. So when we think about this fall, you know, I've talked to a lot of coaches and players and what they're going through. It's obviously dramatically different. What's the most different thing for you day to day preparing for this season? You know, um, <laughs> you know, I was just sharing this with my, my husband this morning when we were out for a walk, uh, that it actually kind of feels like you're more of a professional coach right now than a college coach uh, because uh, you're missing all of that. Like for me as a head coach, all of the extra <laughs> those random things and face-to-face and a lot of things that chew up your time. And, don't you know, I, I wouldn't say that, you don't have that stuff, but right now it's like you have coaching, you have your players, and then you have some media requests. And it's, I got to tell you, it's been refreshing. <laughs> so, um, you know, just because your time isn't being used up in a lot of other areas. I mean, I get it, and it's part of my job, and one day I'll have to go back to it. But um, it has, like, kind of put the foot off the gas of, like, okay, I get to just, you know, be with my staff and coach and be with my players and coach. And, uh, you know, um, so from that, from that end, it's kind of been a, been a little bit of a nice break. Um, but on the other side, you know, you're not getting the human, uh, interactions that you typically get, uh, you know, from your support staff and beyond that, that you typically have, For you know, sure. I just ran into to our tennis coach in the parking lot yesterday and it's the first time I've seen her since March, you know, and, um, so those, you know, daily interactions that you typically have, you know, obviously have been, uh, you know, not there. Also, no, no traffic for the past seven months has been really a, an interesting oh. thing not to have to fight. Traffic. <laughs> I don't but, know what I'm going to do when I go, go have to go back to campus with students. I'm going <laughs> to remind no, myself I, mean, I, I like will, traffic. I, know. I will welcome the students back because yes. it is eerie not having a vibrant campus that, that you're used to. It's very true. And, and, and it's important to focus, I think, uh, on those positives that go along with it. And that, I guess, takes us to our final topic that I'm trying to understand, and I'm sure you are as well, which is how do you measure success? And just to sort of frame it uh, in this way, you know, Jay Wright, the men's basketball coach over at Villanova, said something so interesting, which to me, which was that he's not even focused on basketball, that for him it's about having the time that he has with the understanding that things can change on a dime. And, you know, you're in a scenario where scheduling is still up in the air and you're trying to figure out even who you're able to play. And just because you know you have somebody on the schedule this week doesn't mean that they'll be there come next week. And so you set goals for yourself, I know, uh, of a statistical mark. You are among the most competitive people I know. 
how are you balancing that and and what do you even do to you know stay balanced yourself when you think about these things right now well you know i think the biggest thing you know it has taught a lot of coaches and you know i was saying i I think if you kind of have a type a personality probably even more so it's probably you know big havoc in your life that Mm -hmm. you know this pandemic has taught all of us that you have to have flexibility and control what you can control and you know, I think that's the biggest thing, you know, like I'm sitting down at practice the other day thinking about, you know, you, you start looking ahead of like, okay, well, you know, what's going to happen <laughs> out ahead um, and you can't control it. So all you can do is be present in that practice and try to have the best practice to, to get your team better. And then, uh, you know, just staying present, staying on your, your, your purpose of your day and, making that day as rewarding and, you know, um, the best day that you possibly can have in those 24 hours, because I think we've all seen and been in, impacted in so many ways in this pandemic that um, it's going to turn you, your course in some direction and you're going to have to be able to adapt and adjust and, and be able to, to move through it. So, um, you know, as uncomfortable as it may be, you know, we're, we're prepared for what, whatever curveball may, may come our way. Are you better at staying in the moment? I, you're like me. You're a planner. I mean, always thinking ahead. And I and people have told me forever that I need, you know, you, you need to be present. You need to be in the in the moment. And that's something I, I can't speak for you, but something I do struggle with because I I tend to project up ahead. Do you feel like you are better at staying in the moment as a result of what 2020 is kind of forced on us? Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Obviously, you know, I, I like to be organized and plan and for our team and, you know, staff so they know what's going on. But sure. um, I'll, I'll say that the present moment is, you know, it's nice to kind of have it slowed down a little bit, you know, in a pace that um, normally your hair's on fire and you're working 14 hour days and uh, getting very little sleep, you know, so mm-hmm. like to have a window to you know, eat breakfast with my boys this morning and go for a walk with my husband and then go do my job. Uh, you know, it's, you know, there's, there's some real good positives to, uh, you know, have, having some moments that, that you can have with a really good balance to it. Some, some real positives out of this for sure. And, and so important to focus on those two in order to help us all get through it. So no surprise to me that you are finding that time, but I'm certainly glad you are in the same way we are in our house as well. Well, Brenda Freeze, I am very much looking forward to covering this team as I enjoy covering every one of your teams. Thank you so much for diving in deep with me on uh, all things Maryland basketball this morning. No, well, thank you so much, Howard, for having me, and uh, always good, good to talk with you. I'm looking forward to the season as well.